0: Welcome to another fabulous episode of Inspired Artist Podcast with me, Porter Singer, formerly Sirgan Carr. Today, I'm speaking with my dear friend, Andy Flax, who is talking about her interests in astrology as it pertains to how we are moving forward as a civilization, how we are going through these periods of kind of Uh, guru worship and realizing that that era is kind of antiquated and how we're going to have to tap into our own resources here. And she is using astrology to tell us the different dates and portals that we're moving through. Um, She's also relating this to what's going on in the kundalini yoga world, which is something that I am obviously super interested in. And I think a lot of y'all are too. Please stay tuned till the end because I'm going to play a snippet of her track, Professor Saturn, which is as yet unreleased. It is so brilliant and it's um, a little uh, nod to her interest in astrology and her beautiful songwriting. So here we go. I have a new button that's called Reactions. <laughs> so if I if I send you a clap or do you see that?
1: <laughs> no, I just I'm just thinking that I guess um Gabrielle, the girl that lives near you in Seattle, she she's been dealing with I guess all the things are going like sad emoji, happy emoji, like they're like saying like Oh oh happy emoji and she's like she's like okay so listen. The original emoji is your face. <laughs> <laughs> like, you can use your face <laughs> to make an emoji.
0: <laughs>
2: <Just hot laughs>
0: That's cute. Yeah, so I'm, I'm curious to see if that will record. That's kind of cool. I like your backdrop with the guitar in
1: the back. You know what, I didn't even do that on purpose, and I actually just realized, oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah, it <laughs> like, does. On the floor, because I've had like all of my, this is my area, I have like all of the papers and scribbles all spread out everywhere. Oh, cool. <laughs> I'm losing so, my, my mind.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we, are, we are talking about something not related to your music today. That's correct, right? We're going to be talking about astrology.
1: Yeah. All right. Which is, which is not related to my music, but also directly related to my music. Because it's the music of the spheres <laughs> that we're all, you know, dancing to underneath. True,
0: true. Okay. Well, so below. So I. Why don't you start? Tell me. What? Uh, you were so excited to discuss this.
1: Um, um, well, this is this has been a this has been um, <laughs> this has been a long time coming. <laughs> and can I just can I just say? To all the listeners out there, I had to pay Sergen on my own accord. Okay, yeah, don't, I did not, I did not in this. To hold myself, to hold myself account- accountable, all here, all here. This is, this is how, like, how momentous an event this is. I had to give her an accountability deposit that she was allowed to keep if I did not Do the podcast. So I'm saying that. I'm saying that this is, and we're going to talk about this. We're going to talk about um, the energy that's flowing right now that's available to us as a collective. Um, And a lot of it has to do with leaving old, outdated habits and patterns and things that are not serving, which is kind of always the case, but especially right now. Um, So I'm in that process of kind of getting over myself. You know, we all have to really sort of step up and be willing to share what makes us unique with the collective. That's really a touchstone of this new astrological age—the age of Aquarius—that we're moving into—is all about um, innovation and freedom of expression, and and the being able to be uniquely your own self as a contribution to the collective which is really like, it's how nature works, right? Everything has its place and everything has its service that it provides and everything flows and it is in harmony and we humans are no different. So we're really kind of coming back into alignment. And this is a really, really potent energetic time for that. Um,
0: So I have to interject here. I think that's super relevant to what's going on for me right now. I really resonate with that. And when you actually, when you used my name, I was reminded that last night I came to this decision that I'm going to go back. I won't say I'm going back. I'm going to go forward with my original spiritual name, which was Porter, because it, um, I won't say because, but I had been feeling so much uh, tense energy in my body from all of the stories that I've been hearing in the kundalini yoga world um the densest of which have been coming from the kids who were sent to india and were sent to random people's ashrams and homes and used as slave labor um and that debt like i was just feeling so tense yesterday and then i i remembered that i had been wanting to do this for a while and kind of ignoring it because it just seemed too inconvenient given Mm -hmm. how many places I'm using (laughs) Sierra car right now. Um, and so I just decided to be, uh, transparently in process. Um, and, uh, yeah, start using my, my name again. So, you know, not that I'm expecting everybody to pick that up immediately, but, um, I have that's
1: so beautiful. Yeah. Thank you.
0: Right. <laughs> so yeah. Okay. So I'm feeling in alignment with this, uh, with this conversation right now. So
1: awesome. Yeah. Well, Porter. <laughs> um that's a beautiful name. Thank you. Beautiful spiritual name. So let's kind of get right, I want to get right into it. So I want to kind of clarify um what astrology it you know or at least like how i view it and how i would like to to speak about it and present it uh to the world it's it's not a fortune telling tool okay like we can use predict astrology but it's not it's kind of turned into this little like i don't know um I have a thought that I can't form. I'll come back to that. But it's, okay. it's not a fortune-telling tool. It's, it's the keeper of cycles and archives, okay? And um, it's the cosmos can be like it's the architect of time. And it's, it's not to tell us what's going to happen to us because we are, that is ultimately up to us. You know, it's, it's freedom of choice. Um, it's here to identify, trace, connect, and explain cycles. Um, and it's a chart that helps us navigate time and space and um but it's not the captain of the spacecraft like you are the captain of the spacecraft (laughs) like or collectively we're the captain of the spacecraft so it's these planets and signs they're like they're like markers they're like markers for energy that we wouldn't necessarily be able to see right and All the planets we have, we have the inner planets, which are more personal planets that are moving quicker. And then we have the outer planets that are more of that is dealing with um, all of us on a a collective. And we're going to kind of focus on that. We're going to focus on like the mundane astrology today. So how it is applying to all of us. And if you want to get more specific with yourself, like this, so we're we're getting into sort of like the collective zeitgeist, like where we all are. And if you want to get more specific, you can get your natal chart and look where those specific placements are for you. So at the moment of your birth, you kind of inhale the stardust, you know, you're made, you're like a, you're like a picture of what the cosmos was doing at that exact time. Mm -hmm. Um, And these are just, it's really just all an alchemical process. So we have all these things that are, that are moving and interacting with each other above us and are made of that same stuff. So it's all interacting within like the container or the test tube of your body. And you can look at it in that way. You can, you can bring it down that small, you know, to the whole alchem- al- alchemical processes that are happening. Um, I'm so nervous. <laughs> this
0: is so good. No, I, I mean, you have used like over 10 phrases, I think, would make the best song lyrics ever. Um, and if I look down, I'm taking notes. <laughs> um, and I think you're doing great. So continue
1: on. <laughs> also, a lot of it, too, is um, being astrology is also, it's an, it's an art form, too right like it's a it's a cosmic science <laughs> but it, it when you go see an, an astrologer um that person really has to have some idea of where the person they're talking to stands on like their own path of evolving or of evolution and then to be able to provide counsel in in that area to that person. So there are an infinite number of ways to be able to look at and interpret, you know, what be happening.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and I think it's really important to stress, and this is part of what the energy that we're coming into in this new astrological age, in the age of Aquarius, is that the guru is dead, right? Like nothing outside of you is going to be able to give you anything that you don't have. And the same thing goes for all of this stuff. And I want to stress that right at the beginning before we really get into it, is that it's all well and good. Like, you know, people, you're, people are going to listen to this and you're going to go like, oh yeah, that resonates with me or yeah, da, 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 da. I know we can relate in that way, but it is so beautiful when you can develop your own relationship with these planets and the planetary energy and make them personal to you and use them as teachers and guides and, and begin to kind of feel the different energies and how they're interacting with each other. And just, um, and that's kind of how I sort of came into it was um, about 12 years ago. So I was like 28 and I had, just got married. And that was a disaster that no one anticipated. And I kind of like hit like the bottom. And I didn't have anywhere else to look but up. And there was a total restructuring of my belief systems and how I perceived the world around me. And It just kind of fell into my lap. Like I hadn't been interested in any of this before. And all of a sudden, like I started, it just opened up my experience and my consciousness. And I began to be able to relate to the planets and the different energies and to be able to feel what was happening sort of inside of me first. And then I would look up and be like, okay, well, what's going on? And I'd be like, oh my God, that explains it. So it's like, it's like the astro, it's like weather, you know, mm, that and mm. passes through you. So you still get to choose how you're going to act and react within those those energies. But you can it can help you understand just whether you need an umbrella or not. <laughs> you know, what like what why certain things might be happening or what's causing tension,
2: mm-hmm. if
1: that makes sense. Um, and the reason, so we'll actually we'll start there. So Saturn is a heavy hitter. Um, in terms of planetary energy. He's like the, the professor, the, the big papa um, disciplinarian of the zodiac. So Saturn kind of deals with like all the not fun things that we have to kind of deal with. So like um, time, discipline, karma, um, limitations, um, restrictions, all those kinds of things. And if you think of like the physical body of Saturn, It has its rings around it, right? So that's, like, limits. Um, And then if you think about Jupiter. Can I interject before then? You have, like, an
0: amazing song called Professor Saturn. Can I use that at the end of this? (laughs) Can you what? Can I play a little snippet of that at the end of this or the whole thing?
1: Yes. Okay, cool. It's a day of yeses. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Yay. All so, right, Jupiter so Jupiter would be the the kind of they they sort of work in tandem, so jupiter's the, the the opposite expression of that so if Saturn represents contraction, so it's kind of the exhale, Jupiter represents expansion Jupiter will expand everything it touches, and it's got kind of a, it's got a less heavy energy than than saturn if 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 Jupiter rep- represented everything you wanted in your life your wildest dreams jupiter would be that island over there holds all of that saturn would represent the boat that you have to build to get to the island so you have to figure out how you're going to get the money to buy these supplies and then you have to go get the supplies and then you have to put your team together and you have to hammer in all the nails it's 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 the it's the building Mm -hmm. and how deal with cycles in time um and Saturn takes approximately twenty-eight-ish years to circle the whole solar system. And when it gets back to the exact place it was when you were born, that is called a Saturn return. And if you maybe haven't been taking the cues from Professor Wait, Saturn
0: not married at twenty-eight. That was your Saturn turn. I got married at 28. <laughs> no, I got, yeah, I got married at 28. That's pretty interesting.
1: So what, what will happen, and you know how like a lot of people go through that, like right before they turn 30 or like the 30 like crisis, like who am I? What am I doing? It's that's Saturn energy. Mm. That's, that's Saturn going, okay, so you've been, you've come this far in your life and you're not dead. That's great. Um, <laughs> you doing the things that are in alignment with who you are at your core with the nature of who you are and what you're I don't I've, I've decided recently like when we say like the purpose of life like what's my purpose something was bothering me about that and I, I've kind of I like to think of it now as, like your your nature like what nature you have mm-hmm. like to share if that mm. makes sense it works better for me yeah um so yeah so that was kind of that was my saturn return and it was terrible <laughs> and the saturn will, it, if you it will it will just completely restructure everything which is really really uncomfortable some people you know have kind of kept up on a path and have heard you know the those whispers and have taken the advice <laughs> of of, of Saturn and, and they don't they might not necessarily notice like that big of a shakeup. Mm-hmm. Um, so what's going on right now is we have some heavy hitters, which is called a stellium, and that's when there's a bunch of planets kind of grouped together in one sign. And we have Saturn, Jupiter, and Pluto all in the sign of Capricorn.
0: What did so, you call that? A stelium? Stelium. Stelium. Like like steel?
1: Yeah, like S-T-E-E-L-I-U-M. So it's just a a configuration of, of planets that are all in one space and they're all kind of dancing with each other.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and you can think of it like so the the planets are like the actors and they all possess um you know a certain energy and then the 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 signs are the characters that they're going to play and then the houses that the signs fall in bless you i muted
0: that thankfully go ahead
1: <laughs> the houses that the signs fall in um, are the situations in life where those things are going to play out like the scenes,
0: hmm. so,
1: and the right houses
0: now, are when you like say the plants are in Capricorn. That's the house.
1: That's the sign. Okay. So what's the house? So the the houses um, they're not really going to matter. Right now, with okay. just what we're talking about, but if you want to get more personal, you're going to look at your own chart and you're going to find um, the planets, the signs, and the houses. So the sign is like is is the character that the planet is playing, and then the house is going to be what situation in life is going to bring out this character. It's like the scene, it's what you have to deal with. Mm-hmm. So like for instance like the first house is going to deal with the self. The second house is going to deal with finances and value. The third house is going to deal with communication. Mm-hmm. So you're going to know that if you have a bunch of planets in your third house that there's going to be something with communication. How is that communication going to play out? Well, maybe your third house is in the sign of Leo. And Leo energy is very heart centered and very playful and very, maybe it's gonna have a lot to do with children. Maybe you're gonna learn about how to express yourself through a relationship with a child. Like it's that kind of thing. It's like the, the scene that it's going to take place in. So right now we have these planets in Capricorn and Capricorn rules, the energy of Capricorn is about structure. Capricorn rules the bones in the body. We have a stellium in Capricorn coming into 2020, um, which is a bunch of plants grouped together in one sign and they're kind of playing off of each other's energy and forming these different shapes. So right now we have, and these are pretty, these are heavy hitters as far as the Zodiac is concerned. We have Jupiter, Saturn, and Pluto. All in the sign of Capricorn. So we're going to deal with while I'm explaining this. Um, we're going to think of the planets are going to be actors. They all have certain qualities or characteristics, and the signs are going to be um, where they are playing with each other. Like it's it's the this the stage is being is being set, and it's the like the the, the plot. I guess so. Capricorn, and each sign of the zodiac rules a different part of the body and just things in general. So the energy of Capricorn is about structure. It rules the skeleton in the body. It rules the bones. Um, it's it's also ruled by planet Saturn. So Saturn is happy in Capricorn. It's it likes it likes to be there. It's its home sign. Um, Jupiter, on the other hand. Jupiter likes to, likes to ex- expand and Saturn likes to contract. So Jupiter is like not super happy in that placement. Um, and then um, we have them also interacting with Pluto. So Saturn represents um, when contraction, um, getting down to the nitty gritty, eliminating the things that we don't need. Uh, Jupiter represents expansion. Um, it represents um, the fulfillment and the manifestation of, of dreams. Um, Pluto represents the process or the cycle of death and re- in, and rebirth. So Pluto has some pretty heavy energy too. Um, it is a beautiful energy because it, you know, from ashes to ashes, dust to dust, like it's the whole cycle of everything. So from death and decay um, comes transformation and rebirth. But you have to be willing to go through the process. You have to work with that energy instead of resisting it. Um, So in January, we had a conjunction between Saturn and Pluto. So a conjunction when two planets are relating to each other and the energy, betw- it, the energy between them, their individual unique energy, is enhanced by that connection. So if we think about Pluto being death and destruction and transformation and Saturn being about structures, when that energy met and came together, it is a dissolution of structure. And if we look around now, we can see how that is affecting us. Um, and that is on a collective, like on a large scale level, and it's also on an individual level. So, Moving into this new astrological age, which is the age of Aquarius, there is a very different energy. And anything, any structure that is not built on the foundation of Aquarian energy will not stand. It will not. So, and I'm seeing it like even before this, before, you know, we, we were, this pandemic, happened the monarchy is falling apart we had you know in our yoga and our kundalini community we're having a real dissolution of that structure Mm -hmm. it's just happening it's happening to you know people that I know that have been in challenging relationships that haven't been working for a long time that's all dissolving um I'm going through an intense thing just in my own personal like we were saying at the beginning, like, I've been so scared to talk about this. It's, I have all of these blocks to, to sharing my gifts, which Mm -hmm. is a touchstone of the Piscean age that we're moving out of was all about like taking the things that were of value and keeping them hidden Mm. for just kind of a select few. Mm -hmm. And in the, in this age, it is full transparency, it is equality, it is innovation, it is everything is available for everyone all the time. There's no, there's no kind of hiding in the shadows anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, So that kind of, (laughs) that's started off this whole process was that big um, conjunction. And it was, it was really interesting because I was watching that for a really long time. And I was like, this is going to be, this is it. I don't know what's going to happen. And I was thinking um, like, a, like war, like some kind of world war. Mm. And the word virus did cross my mind, but I was thinking of it more along the lines of like a computer virus, oh, okay.
2: you know, like,
1: like sort of like technological war, you know, like the the yeah. Russians hacking into our system or, you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, and when this happened, it was really like, I thought how poetic in a way, because it's something that, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't discriminate. Um, It doesn't care about borders. Mm. Um, It doesn't, you know, it's, it's just, it's just there. And, and, and like, and everything is dissolving like a caterpillar does in it's cocoon. Um, And I talked about this in a talk that I did back in July. And I have personally been sort of in this process myself for a long time. Um, and I call it gooping, you know, when a caterpillar turns to primordial goop in its days mm-hmm. before it reemerges as a butterfly. And now, look, it's like happening before our eyes. We're all in our cocoons. Yeah. <laughs> dissolving. And that did the beliefs, yeah. belief systems, like all of it. If there's a real reevaluation that is hopefully right. happening to everyone on an individual level.
0: Well, when you were talking about. Um, Jupiter not being happy in Capricorn. I was thinking, yeah, that was a big that was that was a big thing for me in the early days of this coronavirus. What way back a couple weeks ago. Plus um, it feels like it. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? Um, was like, how dare somebody tell me when I can leave my house and what I get to do and you know, because I have that like free, you know, I want to feel free free and I want my reality to reflect that back to me and this whole idea that I have to stake and find in my house which ironically is what I would do most of the time anyway isn't that funny um was was really anger with it caused a lot of anger in me and mm. it was making me feel really tired and like cranky um yeah yeah yeah
1: so I mean and interestingly enough like if we, can, we can look at Saturn. Like again, that Saturn territory—that's we are being restricted,
2: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: being confined. We're being restricted, yeah. but really, like the as heavy and as as um, as hard as Saturn energy can be to deal with, like that disciplinarian kind of energy, is that what it really wants to achieve is for us to break through those limitations
0: mm-hmm. and. And what an amazing time to be cooped up in your house when you have access basically to the entire universe through your computer.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I mean, mm-hmm. those of us who have access to internet, but at least speaking from my own perspective, I have access to internet. I, you know, cause I'm talking about people may not have computers or, you yeah. know, obviously that's not, that's not that. But in my reality, I have access to basically the entire universe through a screen. I mean, that's pretty lucky. It's pretty privileged.
1: And that's a yeah. good point. Because um, that's, that's Aquarian energy also is that, yeah, no, some people don't have computers, mm-hmm. but that's not going to last because mm-hmm. coming in this new age, it's, it's all for one and one for all. Everyone has what they need. Mm-hmm. And this is an essential, it's essential to our communication. It's essential for us to, to be able to have the, the global village that we have is this kind of technology. Mm-hmm. But another thing that I, that, that I can, I sort of maybe, you know, may or may not occur, but Saturn is also moving into Aquarius. So Saturn stays in, in a sign for about two and a half years. And after two and a half years, it will move and shift signs. And you can feel the difference. So Saturn has been in Capricorn, which is an earth sign. So that's, you know, you can feel sort of like the weight of that, um, in its, in that energetic expression, Saturn is moving into Aquarius, which is an air sign. so the feeling is, I think, a little bit lighter, but then you have to think about if Saturn represents restriction and Aquarius rules, um, information, technology, information, like innovation, mm-hmm. all that stuff, mm-hmm. I, I'm going to be interested to see in what way those things may or may not be restricted for us as a collective, oh, you know, the expression of that, like, maybe it's, um, you know that there's a lot with like how our information is handled
2: mm
1: and what it's being used for or you know and maybe something along the lines of of that one thing that I thought I was like everyone's gonna be on the computer at the same time and maybe like the whole internet's just gonna like crash. <laughs> I don't know. Well it has been <laughs> slow. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. and you know it's it's interesting If they say like as above, so below. So these all this energy is is interacting and there's this kind of story or dance or music going on in the sky. And then we are the direct manifestation of, of that energy kind of playing out all the world's a stage. Mm-hmm. Shakespeare used a lot of astrological symbolism in his in his plays. Um and it also it meant a lot more to society back then, too. Like they really mm-hmm. actually had like people who were, um, you know, um, Uh, astrologer to the king and all that kind of stuff like they took it they took it a a lot more seriously and i'm going to circle back around to that too because that that's one that's the the whole like the myth the myth and the uh, mysticism and all of these things are all kind of coming over from the the piscean age and all of that is very valuable and it's been lost but it needs that also needs to kind Mm -hmm. of like Mm -hmm. evolve it's like Mm -hmm. myth and science or like, like those magic and science or those mm-hmm. things that are kind of coming together, which is actually really exciting. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Um, I lost my train of thought. Where was I? I was talking about. Um,
0: we were talking about as above, so below, all the world's a stage. Um,
1: how we are a, a direct expression. Um,
0: yeah, we were talking about communication and it being maybe restricted. I'm curious, well, like the, yeah. internet,
1: the internet, because, because um, as above, so below, we're a direct expression of what's going on. So like, what we create on our plane is a direct expression of like, what's true for us, like internally, too. So mm-hmm. to me, like the internet, I think that we can like, I think like our brains or Google, like, we probably sure. have the ability to be like, you know, do do Hey Porter, and like have a conversation without having <laughs> this like intermediary thing in the way. Like it's it's we're probably, like we're that sure. we're probably designed. I mean, we and we're like that anyway. You know, you like you think about somebody and they call you ten minutes mm-hmm. later. It's 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 just that we we're, our brains aren't. We kind of forgot how, and we have all this matter in the brain that we're just not using. So, mm-hmm. but like this is the internet. You know, like, we don't actually need, so a part of me is kind of like, hmm, I wonder what's going to, like, what could occur to
0: yeah. help
1: push us in the direction of actually remembering mm. and developing and, and experiencing, like, what that might be like. Um, so, yeah. we'll yeah.
0: see. Well, in, in terms of the restrictions on communication, what that made me think of, too, is one of the early thoughts that I had when I was perceiving this as, like, a... uh someone trying to restrict my freedom uh, with the you know, staying indoors um, is what kind of precedent it sets for controlling other kinds of freedoms you know like oh you must now do this so that you're safe oh you you know like what sort of and I, I can't remember what this made me it made me think of like studying history in high school and um how like leaders would slowly take away people's rights in kind of that way like there would be an actual threat and then there would be the fiction of a threat that was used you know that was like continued anyway that's conspiracy a little conspiracy theory there but no.
1: and you know and I want to I want to clarify too like I, I this whole conspiracy theory thing too like like there's there's it's really imperative that we start to be critical thinkers.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know,
1: and That's thinking outside the box and people might see that as, as conspiracy theory, you know, because, <laughs> but but a lot of people, you know, a lot of, there's, um, there's a lot of really good points being made, like just things that kind of don't sort of make sense or they don't add up. And I think like asking questions, questioning and having conversations about things like that, I think mm-hmm. is really healthy. I think what, and I'm gonna get into our next pattern, that we're actually dealing with today as a segue, mm. then, there, then there's getting obsessed about something. And the next thing that we have going on, and this is going to happen three times over the course of 2020. And the first is tonight. I think it becomes exact at like 10 something at night, but now we're going to. So go this
0: won't other- air on today. So let's clarify for our listeners. April oh,
1: 4th. Yeah. April 4th. Yeah. Um, Tonight this pattern is going to become exact so Jupiter is moving away from Saturn and is gonna dance with Pluto for a while so we have a, a Jupiter Pluto conjunction that's gonna and they're gonna stay kind of together in this formation over like they're gonna move a bit but they're gonna they're gonna exact in this conjunction three times so the first is um, tonight April 4th um, then, uh, June 30th and then November 12th. Um, so we talked about Jupiter being expansion, expansive. Um, so, and also Jupiter, it's a neutral energy too. Like it, it doesn't care if there's no good or bad. It doesn't care. Whatever it touches is going to get bigger. So that could be a tumor, Mm. you know, Mm -hmm. like if you have, you know, some, like a pattern, a Jupiter conjunction thing, like it touches that, It triggers it, it's gonna expand it. Mm
2: -hmm. It's gonna
1: expand it. And Pluto, again, is, um, you know, uh, transformation, um, death, and rebirth. And it's also one pointed focus. So, another word for that is if expressed on the negative polarity, would be obsession, right? So, what this energy has the potential to do is zone in on something and make it way bigger than it is or that it needs to be um, in your own mind. So I will share with you how I have been expressing or how I, and I realized it and kind of cut myself off, but I started I started to look at astrological charts and patterns in that, yeah, like people who have died of lung related mm. diseases, um, Gemini rules the lungs, and I have my Moon in Gemini in the eighth house, which is like the house of death. Mm. So that can mean that can mean trans, you know, the re- like the death of the ego, the transformation, like all that stuff, or it can be like your physical death. So I saw, that. of course, there's there's no way for me to ever you know like there's no there's no absolutes it's just potential and energy. Uh-huh. So I saw that and I decided to one point focus on it, you know, okay, so the moon in the house of death, the lungs like, I'm gonna die of the coronavirus. Like that, that's how that turned into. And I got myself kind of into like a bit of an, an obsessive um uh spin there for yeah. a minute. And and so I'm I'm saying this because this is this energy is going it it's this is a long term energy. This is not a short term term transit. Mm -hmm. So the potential to go off on those spins is way greater than it normally would be. Mm -hmm. So it's extra important that we're watching our minds, you know, where they they go or making mountains out of molehills. Like that's your choice. If you want to express your energy like that, if you want to pick a fight, with your significant other about, I don't know, who left the top off the sugar bowl, then like that is going to potentially turn into World War III. (laughs) Like you go, it will will expand. Um, Another way in which um, um, Jupiter and Pluto, we can see how that expansion has been occurring already is um, the way that the pandemic is spreading. It's, and also you can track these conjunctions over hundreds of years and you will find like developments in the the way that the micro, the microscope manifested on all of these conjunctions. You can kind of follow the progression of how that instrument manifested and was created. Mm. So if you think about it, Jupiter makes things bigger, right? Mm-hmm. And Pluto is one pointed focus. So that's mm. the manifestation would question. be. Question. How to magnify.
0: Sorry. Yeah. Question. Question. Um, um, these these patterns that you talk about the planets moving into different houses and these are things that are predictable yes they're not like going to they're not like randomly selected in the moment in other words like you know a hundred years from now what's going to happen on april 30th yes okay, okay.
1: you the, the planets have their ellipses and their cycles Okay. Um, and I mean, I don't know. I mean, I guess we can't ever really see the future. Like, I don't know. Maybe we'll get. Some, maybe some planets will fall out of the sky, and we'll get new ones out of. The sky.
0: Sure. Know. Okay. Okay. But barring yeah. that, it's yeah. not. It's not kind of like uh, I don't know. Like, if you plant a seed, it may or may not sprout.
1: Kind of thing. Yeah. No. No. It. We. You, we can predict. We can predict okay. where it's going to be. Um, we can predict based on how we interpret and have experienced their energy. And you can go back and you can see these patterns. Like, um, I'll give you an example. Um, We'll go back to the Saturn and um, Jupiter conjunction that I was talking about first, that started in January, or that happened in January. Um, So the last time that that exacted in the sky was in 1982. So that was actually, that was the year I was born. Mm -hmm. So, people in 1982 have natal Saturn-Pluto conjunctions. Hmm. So that means if you have a conjunction or or a a formation of planets in your natal chart, so that at the moment you were born, if if those planets are making the same formation in your chart as they are now in the hmm. in the cosmos, it's going to affect you a little more strongly oh, because it's going to it's going to trigger. Energies that are already in, you know, that are working in your in your system. Mm -hmm. So dissolution of structure. Like I've never really felt this much pressure and intensity within my own self to like change. You Mm -hmm. know, it's it's like it's like everything is really coming to the surface, and you see it everywhere. But Mm -hmm. especially, I think, for people who have these natal conjunctions. Um, Mm -hmm. And in 1982, what happened? kind of redrew the economic landscape there was a global recession it was like the trickle up kind of economics of Reagan and Thatcher um wh- that kind of they focused on like capitalism and corporate greed over the middle class and that is basically what during that time the Saturn-Pluto conjunction um that's why the money now kind of belongs to the one percent mm. So there was, and that wasn't a positive restructuring of form, right? That happened in 1982, but there was new structure. There was mm-hmm. new form. I guess it occurred. depends on who you were, but yeah. <laughs> that's, sorry, yes, that's, yeah, true. Thank you for correct, correcting me. <laughs> um, but it, it basically like, it's, it's not even is what I'm saying. Sure. Yeah, yeah. It's not, um, it's not based on Aquarian and on an Aquarian foundation of, of equality. Sure. So now, there's a there's a going to be a correction like mm-hmm. that structure is now dissolving so right. um so yeah that you can predict and you can also look back and you can see how that energy has occurred in the past to kind mm-hmm. of know sort of maybe what the weather is going to be like and you can also look at it and go okay so that time we expressed it like this maybe how how can we express it differently this time and i'll use like As an example, um, Uranus.
0: Oh, I like how you say that. Okay.
1: (laughs) I know. (laughs) I'm a
0: Ness. Okay. I'm following.
1: (laughs) Uranus um, (laughs) is like when you have those Eureka moments, like when you're just like, aha, it's like a flash of genius, like insight. That's kind that's, that's Uranian energy. It's like, boom. Mm and Uranus will spend about seven years in each sign. So Uranus just moved into Taurus last year. So it was in Aries the seven years before that. Aries rules the head. So what happened with like Eureka ideas and kind of like innovation and technology and stuff? With So Uranus is the planet that rules Aquarius.
2: Mm. It's
1: like the... The torchbearer it's like uranus Mm. is marching us into the age of aquarius it's going all right people so that also that's the higher octave so it it that also rules like technology um so if we think about like what was happening in those seven years when uranus was in aries um what like the selfie like Mm. aries rules the head Mm. so we took like technology and we like now we're all taking pictures of our heads right right. so another way and and this and this also was happening simultaneously but that was kind of like the 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 pop culture kind of push like the expression of that energy but like how else could that energy be expressed it could be expressed um it could be innovation like actually in the head, like how our mm-hmm. brains are working, how, so now you can see kind of how we might choose as human beings, how we would choose these two different ways to express the same thing, if that right. makes sense. Well, and you uh,
0: just reminded me, which is a little bit off topic, but I just thought it was cute, is like, do you remember when people thought it was weird that people were taking selfies? Do you remember there were like all yeah. these Facebook memes and jokes mm-hmm. about it and no one thinks it's weird anymore? <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah became it became like just part of the it's the new normal yeah it's the new normal it's the new normal yeah for sure um so so yeah you can look back at those things and um so now it, i i mean i attribute the jupiter pluto um conjunction really to to me to really taking taking the virus you know one pointed focus sort of thing like under a microscope and jupiter but mm. yeah. <laughs>
0: Right. So it would you expect like more deaths on that type of day, for example? I mean not if not necessarily, but could that be an expression of it or could
1: be. I mean, I'm I'm reluctant to comment on that because I I don't like 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 I said, like ultimately there are no absolutes. Um it's Mm -hmm. it's possible. Um I'll give you like I can give you an example. Um if we look at what happened within our kundalini community. And mm-hmm. how this, um, and for those of you who are not, partici- who don't know or don't participate in this yoga, like um, somebody came out with like a tell all book of their experience with sort of the leader of this form of, of yoga. And it was not actually new information. This mm-hmm. had been around. You could, if you knew what to look for, you could look it up online. Um, there was a, a lawsuit, like it was all, but it wasn't kind of like it didn't spread out to the masses or become like public knowledge. Mm -hmm. But Jupiter and Pluto weren't dancing together back then. They weren't making this formation. So now she comes out with this book and Jupiter and Pluto are there and Pluto zooms in on it and Jupiter touches it, bam, everywhere. Everybody Mm -hmm. knows. Mm -hmm. So like you can kind of see it how it would express itself there too. Yeah. So now you can kind of see like how like, and it doesn't matter whether you have this language or not, because you're still going to express it. Like I remember, I said to you earlier this week, Sierra, because you just released a song, right? The lullaby song. Mm. And I, that mm. is the, that is the perfect day to release that song because how I just explained, like it's spread, it, it will spread. You know, it will get to more ears. It's the potential mm. for that to happen. The energy for that to happen is supportive
2: mm. in, a,
1: in a positive way. Um but you didn't have any idea that that was happening and you chose to do it anyway. So like, no, it, it was it funny. It doesn't funny. matter. It's just kind of, it's, sometimes I think it's for myself. It's nice for me to be able to know because then I'm like, Oh, you know, it's validating or it just mm-hmm. helps you kind of understand things more. Mm-hmm. Um, you can ask where you can say something.
0: I was talking with someone whose podcast is also going to be um, published on this stream, or whose episodes we've published within this podcast. Um, Her name is Nadine, and she shared one of the stories in the, the Premka group. And as she was talking about, you know, how the same thing you just said like all this information was available before it's been available for years. A story is such a different thing than information, right? What Pamela released, Pamela Zahara Dyson, who wrote the Premka book, she gave a narrative a complete narrative, like a story from beginning to end. Perfect. Perfect. Right? Sorry, going. <laughs> and, and so even though the information was available before, now it was like, it's like when you watch a documentary and somebody digests all the information and selects something to make a story, right? <laughs> it, it, made it, it made it accessible. And I am so looking forward to the Yogi Bhajan documentary, by the way.
1: Yeah. um like I not the
0: to- not the one that t- not the alt- not the uh the alternate version, but like the this version that we 're talking about yeah
1: this is a perfect segue into the na- the <laughs> um this the this, this stories mm-hmm. the stories the myths the stories mm-hmm. Um,
2: mm-hmm.
1: human beings we like the drama we like the stories we like the narratives mm-hmm. we like it 's art it 's what makes everything interesting like how I was talking before about the alchemical, um, the alchemical interaction of, the, of this planetary energy. I'm not sure if we're gonna edit that part out or not. So I'll go back for a second. We can like, okay, here's where I'm gonna go. You know how they say women are from Venus and men are from Mars. Men are from Mars, women are from Venus, mm-hmm. all right? Um, if you look, at the myth or the archetype, the narrative, the story around what that means, Aphrodite, goddess of fertility, of femininity, of all these things, Venus, right, a woman, um, Mars, god of war, um, you know, that like, Ugh, linear, forceful, strong, duh, man, masculine, okay. Um, they were describing those two different qualities of masculine and feminine energy, right? Um, these, the, the Romans and the Greeks and the people mm-hmm. who came up with these. Um, but if you look at Venus, if you, if, you, if you actually look at physical planet like Venus, um, there's a lot, there's copper in the crest. Like that's kind of like the alchemical element of Venus is copper. If you think about the qualities of copper, Copper is—it's um, aesthetically pleasing. It's receptive. It will um, bend under heat and make jewelry. Does, does all these things. Um, it's also very important to the to fertility. The balance of copper in the body—it's actually what makes the the egg in the uterus like attached to the to the lining. Um, you have to have the proper copper balance in your body. Um, and then if you think about iron, um, the element, the alchemical elements for for mars is iron so what like what are the qualities of iron it makes it makes weapons um yeah like to steal it's magnetic it's forceful it's it's describing the qualities of of masculine energy Mm -hmm. so these myths and these stories and these archetypes these they were just trying to describe the the smallest the elements the alchemical processes of all of nature but they didn't have the science they -hmm. didn't have the telescopes they didn't have the microscopes they didn't have what we have now now we can have like we we can um we can uh what do you call it like catalog information we can collect and catalog just like raw data Mm
2: -hmm. with
1: no story and that's a very Aquarian thing that's Mm -hmm information innovation like what are we going to create from this and we need that and that's beautiful like science and all of that is is like we wouldn't be where we are in we wouldn't have any of this you know if, if we didn't focus on on that kind of productivity and the information and stuff but those stories are so rich and there's so much there's so much to learn in symbolism it's bringing raw information and data is lacking soul
0: Hmm.
1: it doesn't have the soul and in years past like even where i live in newport rhode island when you go to these mansions and stuff and you look at the the furniture and the ceilings and the walls it's like all of the furniture like the chairs have like feet they have like animal feet and like all these things it was everything was was so infused with soul and with life and with all of those things in those, in those stories. It's like the human heartbeat. Mm -hmm. And when you just have this raw information, this raw data, there's nothing that moves us by our emotion. Mm -hmm. It's just information. And I think that that's kind of part of the merger that's going to happen in this age this astrological age that we're coming into is that those two things are going to kind of start to bleed Together, so astrology is is both of those things. We can look at it Really small we can look at just these chemical processes that are happening We can look if I mean if you look at my birth chart. I have a very venusian personality I have I have venus is a big is my chart ruler. So I have what they call like a copper personality. So I don't do super well under pressure. Like I have to be kind of like copper when you heat it, it just goes, you know, I have to be kind of alloyed to people who have different elements, stronger kind of, kind of, and there's nothing wrong with that. That's just Mm -hmm. part of my nature. I have other qualities, Mm -hmm. you know, so it, we can look at it like that. We can look at it just like these chemicals interacting and you're not getting along with someone. There's something that's happening there. but like how boring is that? You know, like, it's like, we want it, we want the myth and the story and we want to be able to sort of act out all these things. And,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and, you know, Jesus was a prime example. He was a person um, maybe who walked the earth, you know, and he taught and spoke in, in, in parables, mm-hmm. in stories. Right. right. And what I was really excited to, t- to talk to you about one of my great, my, uh, my discoveries of the last couple of weeks is I've been looking at, um, I've been reading the Bible. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: I have. I grew up um, in with Catholic upbringing. I went to a Catholic school, and I was a church cantor too um, for a bit. And um, what I found
2: was I have to read it.
1: So this is um, Luke twenty-two from the Gospel of Luke twenty-two, verse ten, and this is Jesus speaking. He said to them, Behold, as you go into the city, there shall meet you a man carrying a pitcher of water. Follow him into the house where he entereth in. Aquarius.
0: Oh, okay. I didn't understand this when you said it to me. I understand it now. Go, go ahead.
1: Aquarius. I love how you just didn't even ask me to elaborate.
0: Um, <laughs> well, I, knew I wanted to talk to you on the podcast, Andy.
1: <laughs> fine. Um, <laughs> um Aquarius is the water bearer like that is the glyph of Aquarius that's the constellation of Aquarius is a man Mm -hmm. in the sky with a pitcher of water (laughs) and he asks us to follow him into his house Mm -hmm. we are moving into the house of Aquarius so I was kind of like hmm that's really interesting and one one astrological age lasts approximately like 2000 years like 2000 i think the age of pisces was like 2025 years or something so and that started with the birth of christ with the birth of jesus that's how we measure um and that was the age of pisces so if you think like the glyph of jesus like the jesus fish the glyph of pisces is the fish also um i kind of and this is just kind of my own this is just coming from me (laughs) but I was like, I wonder if like an age, an astrological age, is kind of, it kind of works like dog years, like 2,000 years in, is like one year, like one step mm-hmm. in the mm-hmm. process of humanity evolving.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So it's like one grade in school. So mm-hmm. the last like 2,000 years, we passed through like one grade. Yeah. And I'm, use, I'm saying, Jesus, I'm using like the man. Jesus as an example but really like what this is like Christ is a consciousness it's Christ consciousness it's um like it's something that we is available to us to embody um in church like in catholicism they call that like the living christ although i think that the whole <laughs> cult of catholicism has maybe like <laughs> lost that along the way somewhere but it is a consciousness it's christ consciousness it's something that we can we can be Mm-hmm. All those lessons, like even in, in yoga, like the other person is you,
2: mm-hmm. those,
1: that, that's all, that's Christ consciousness teaching. It's, it's right. understanding that we are all unified and we're coming from the heart center and you know, all of these things. And we can get into how Jesus was a yogi, but that's like a whole other conversation. But, um, but, um, I feel as though there's a lot of argument or discussion about when the age of Aquarius, like actually, like starts you know like some people say it started in 2012 some people say you know we don't we don't know I'm pretty darn sure that it's like now <laughs> because, <laughs> and I think like that consciousness that was that was the goal for human evolution in these 2000 ages to move up into that space like in the heart center to embody this consciousness mm-hmm. that is about everyone being equal you know everyone mm-hmm. being And that we need, we, we can't move into this next age until now, now, right now, now this is the exam. Mm -hmm. (laughs) This is like the exam, you know, like, can you move? Can we move Mm -hmm. as a collective into this new frequency? Yeah. Um, And then he said, uh. And he said to the 12 disciples, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have enjoined you. And behold, I am with you all the days until the completion of the age. Mm. So I was kind of like, hmm, that's really interesting. And like how everything is dissolving right now. It's like Aquarius, the, the glyph, the symbol, the archetype has the pitcher of water and he's pouring it out over mm. the earth. So it's like all of the Pisces is a water sign. So it's like everything that we've collected in this last 2,000 years, how we've evolved is now kind of in this container, and it's being dumped out on everything to sort of flatten it mm. so that we can come into the new age with, with, our new, with new parables, new stories. You,
0: when you read that, did you hear what I heard? Because I heard Jesus saying, after that, my job is done, basically. Yeah. It, so this, So this is the end of the age of Jesus.
1: Mm-hmm. This is my. I want to make that clear. This is yeah. My no, I'm interpretation. Saying. Okay. <laughs> yes.
0: None of these. None of these statements have been evaluated by the FDA.
1: But
2: no, you? they have not. <laughs> hey, you um. stole my joke.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but the other. The other thing that I've. I've been reading a lot of like alternate. The alternate history of the coronavirus, or alternate, you know, perspectives on the coronavirus. And one of them that I read, which I thought was interesting, was this idea that the virus is basically a an excuse for the people who did not sign up for this next age to now depart the planet so their souls were you know their souls were intending to be here during this time they're not interested in pursuing the next age in this iteration you know maybe they will come in as different beings or whatever oh that was interesting perspective it's
1: very interesting and another interesting thing to to observe is that the the word corona is oh. actually, that means crown yeah. in Spanish. Yeah. And um, when you have a baby, when a woman has a baby, when she's in labor, she crowns. Mm. So it's almost like it's, it's cool, because it's like mm-hmm. humanity, like we're crowning. Like we're about to Well, that about also to makes kind of like
0: the, the crown of thorns. Mm. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it's 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 all it's all very interesting. There's an infinite number of ways. See, this is what would happen if we if we didn't have the freedom to be able to to put our soul into it, to tell the story, to change the narrative. Like it is, it is like it's so important for the hearts of human beings, right? To have to
0: yeah. be able to to yeah. No, I was gonna say because you know, fifty years from now. Um, some kid is going to read in a history book that there was a period of time where, you know, people had to remain indoors and all the restaurants shut down and the schools closed. No one really knew what was going on. I mean, that's a really different thing to read than to listen to your grandmother tell the story of, oh, my gosh, I was just so blessed to have bought all that toilet paper and kept it in my garage. You know, <laughs> I was prepared, but my neighbor sure wasn't, you know, like that's a different that's just a different way to understand History, yeah, stories yeah. versus you know personal experiences, stories versus okay, the fact that you know Trump was our president and yada yada yada, you know.
1: Yeah, so. yeah. If it's because the way that I, the way that I kind of, um, and this is when I was talking about how it's really important to develop your own relationship with with the planets, like with mm-hmm. astrology, like you are. Like, and part of coming into this new age is we don't need the middleman anymore. Like, the guru is dead. Okay, we Mm -hmm. can look at Jesus as being a guru. He was a middleman.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: He was, you know, the person that was representative of something that could connect directly to source. We can all connect directly to source.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Um, It's kind of like, I like to think of it like, like a carrot, like a carrot, like the sun is the food for the carrot. So it will take it like that first degree, like no degrees of separation.
2: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: and then we, but we can't do that yet. Like we don't have the ability to process the sunlight. Mm-hmm. So we have to eat the carrot. So that's the middleman. Yeah. Right. And then the way that we deal with food, like we process it. So it goes through all these different filters, you know, and then by the time we get it, it's like a hunk of nothing. Like mm-hmm. it, it has no, n- none of that source energy still in it. And I mm-hmm. kind of feel like the, and not just Jesus is like the, pro- the prophets and a prophet is a person who reads the signs of the times and isn't afraid to like get shoot in the face, like shot in the face. <laughs> <laughs> I, feel,
0: I, feel, I feel like a lot of people are afraid like, to show up on a podcast. They I all say? die.
1: Yeah, um, but, um, <laughs> I wonder if they had their moon and they eat house in Gemini. <laughs> <laughs> Pluto, Jupiter obsession. Don't, don't, don't do what I do. Um, but, um, but the, it's the same like so we don't it's like so the prophets they get this information like directly from source. Like this is what's happening. But because the rest of the masses aren't evolved in an effort or choosing not to do it, mm-hmm. they tell, Jesus would tell a parable or he would tell a story and he told it to a few people. Mm-hmm. And then it got passed through a filter or like a processing system, like the ear mm-hmm. of somebody else. And then it gets passed on and then it gets through the ear of somebody else. And then it's kind of like, if it's passing through systems that aren't, like, nutritious, <laughs> <I> <laughs> guess, whatever, like, they're not preserving the nutrition of, like, the original message, like, the original source, sure. and it's just when you, by the time you sure. get it, it's, it's...
0: Nor is it, um, nor is it necessarily pertinent to that moment in time.
1: Exactly. And it's also, and when you get it, you read the Bible, right? And it's going to go through your filter.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It's going to go through your, it's not, there's, n- it, there's not, like, a, so astrology, it's, like, it works, this is working the same way like you have to be able to to have your own relationship with with the energy or with the archetypes or however you want to look at it like there's certain astrologers that only do they want to look at medical astrology so they're going to look at those alchemical hmm. things you know that i was talking about or they're going to look at um like the exact rhythm and placement of these planets moving and stuff. That's not how I get there eventually. But when I'm looking, I'm into the stories and the myths and the symbols. I will sit mm-hmm. in them. I will live in them. I will, you know, and it's it's so exciting. So that's when I would, sent you that thing and I was all excited about the age of it. Like you, you, you just, you're not like in that space of narrative than I am, but you'll find your own way to relate to Mm -hmm. it, you know, Mm -hmm. so, like, maybe you're not going to interpret it like that, but we're all going to get to the same place, Mm -hmm. so, and for me, like, I I know, like, my own personal evolution coming into this age is I'm a little bit too on the mystic side, you know, like, I will try to explain this, because sometimes I will intuit things, um, even in medical astrology, you know, like, I'll be like, okay, I, I see this, and um, I'm pretty accurate a lot of the time, but I can't like explain it to some, because like, then it, it turns into like, well, you know, there was um, uh, a planet moving through the sign of the fish and then something happened, uh, you know, and people like the person I'm talking to, like, I need more of the linear mm-hmm. kind of thinking of like the- of For the a sound. lot of- of the aquarium.
0: Yeah, for a lot of people, you don't need more, actually. There's quite a few people who will but believe that's,
1: that's that what, explanation. But that's kind of what I'm saying is yeah. I think you hit a wall there, like with this... Um, Because there's a lot of people like me and I know that, Mm -hmm. but it also simultaneously bugs me, which is really funny because if I, you know, if I'm talking to somebody and they're talking in all this esoteric, I do it too, Mm -hmm. but they're also speaking in their own kind of esoteric language that I can't. So we need like more of a connecting, like common denominator, sort of like a force, which is, which is science and information Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. data collecting. And, and that is super, super, like both things are so, so important. Yeah, and we have to the people who are sort of more aligned with like the mind of a mystic or the sim, or whatever. Like, maybe you need to kind of buckle down and get a little bit more like like kind mm-hmm. of plug it into to or wait buddy
0: it. up with a friend. Who, who what is, or buddy up with a friend who? Yeah,
1: is, exactly, exactly. Yeah. Um, it's
0: interesting that you say that because I was going through this whole process even before reading Pamela's book and subsequently getting like down the rabbit hole of all of the you know, factual data of the allegations and all that stuff, because I was not aware of it before the book.
2: Mm
0: -hmm. Um, At least not in a real way. Um, Is the whole, the whole kind of process I was going through with changing my belief system. And suddenly for like the first time in a very long time going like things coming out of my mouth and I'm going, wait, how do I know that? Is that even true? You know, like, for example, you're drinking green juice. I remember reading this book when I was a raw foodist that, and he had this theory that like, when you, um, when you just, for example, drink juice, your cells release toxins, but it happens to such a great degree that you can auto intoxicate. And therefore, like, if you're Feeling symptoms from drinking green juice, then it's like this sort of good sign that your cells are releasing all of the garbage, you know. And, and I'm and I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, I don't know that that's true. <laughs>
1: Do you know what I mean? Exactly. Like these are the questions. Like these are yeah. the things. Because up until this point, and I'm this is a blanket statement, so I don't mm-hmm. I don't mean like every person. But like up until this point, like this is kind of how it has been. It's like that person says that it's this, so yeah. then we go okay. You know, it's the same with like you know. There's been a moment over the last decade of even like in in the healthcare industry and more mm-hmm. naturally, you we know, don't take our doctors in western medicine like there's a real awakening in the consciousness that like those people don't know everything right and you have to right, be your own advocate and right. like just because you go in and somebody says like this is what's wrong with you or right. this is what is or this is what like you know you don't want to take that at, at face value right. anymore like but i
2: think
0: take... no, i go think ahead there, there was a tendency for me and i've noticed this in a lot of other people to take it to the extreme of like because i know that the healthcare professional does not know everything The alternate healthcare professional must.
1: You've been. Somebody
0: has to have all the answers. What?
1: Oh, you're just using this as a generic example. I'm just using
0: it as an example. Or like the Ayurvedic consultant must know everything. Or the homeopathist must know. Like there must be somebody out there who knows more about my body than me. Who
1: can tell me what to do. You know.
0: No, there's not. There is not. Guaranteed.
1: There's not, and there's not any kind of mystic or astrologist or an expert in all these things that's be able to tell you what you should do either. Sure. Like you can, you can. Um, it helps to have guidance sometimes. It helps to get other people's perspective mm-hmm, or you mm-hmm. maybe a, a new language around something or whatever. But like ultimately, um, what I want to, to do, I'm really passionate about this stuff. I really love it, and and I want to, I want to help people. I don't want to be like this is what's happening. You know, I I want to help people in some way to be able to bring their soul into it and to Mm -hmm. be able to to have their own relationship with these things and these energies and the the stories and the myths if they want to,
2: Mm -hmm.
1: you know? And, um, so yeah. And that's part of, I mean, Jesus was, that was all, he was all about stories and parables and that's how this consciousness thing like this is how it was taught or at least that's the most famous way in the most famous book or whatever. Mm Um, and, um, and we're done. Like the, that, this grade is over. Like the we have to all the parables. Yeah. Um, and something else. I went. So I went. I went down this this rabbit hole. So I noticed the age of Aquarius thing. So I was like, okay. He said to meet a man with a pitcher of water and follow him into his house. Cool. That's now. <laughs> that's that's happening. We're following. We're following him into his house. Um, and uh, so I went back and I. <laughs> I started to notice this a couple years ago, so let's talk about Venus for a second, because that's going to be, a, that's playing into this whole factor too. So we have, we have these heavy hitters in Capricorn, they're all dancing with each other. We have the dissolution, so we have the the Saturn and Pluto conjunction that started to help dissolve all those structures. Now we're kind of coming into the first exact aspect of the Jupiter-Pluto conjunction, which is, which is going to, um, to allow us to have one pointed focus and to 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 spread you know whatever it is that we need to expand um venus venus rules our value system so we can think of venusian qualities like uh you know uh the bodicelli angels and the goddesses and the you know feminine beauty um money, like just everything that, that's, that's fancy and, and beautiful and of value. But it also rules, it can rules, we can, when we talk about value, it's also, you know, could be the value of the symbols on the periodic table. You know, it's all those things. It's, it's the value of what is manifested like on this earth plane and the infinite also, it's a bridge. Mm-hmm. Um, when a planet goes retrograde, it will appear, it just appears to be going backwards in the sky. It's not actually moving backwards. Um, and I'm not going to get into trying to explain that. Explain that but, um, and, all, and retrograde periods are going to last um, a different amount of time for every planet. But what happens um, when a planet goes retrograde on like an archetypal kind of psychological level is um, it gives an opportunity to slow down and reevaluate the lesson or what that planet's energy is trying to communicate. So I'm sure we've all heard of Mercury retrograde, right? Like that happens frequently, that happens three or four times a year. Mm -hmm. And Mercury deals with communication and Mercury deals with technology and Mercury deals with getting from A to B, so cars and all those things. Um, When Mercury goes retrograde, so Mercury is uh, the messenger, um, mercury is the trickster. The trickster. If you think about mercury, it's liquid and solid, right? So it gets into things. Um, when Mercury goes retrograde, we are being asked to reevaluate how we communicate to to each other and to ourselves too. It's all about mm-hmm. communication. So it makes it kind of like um, like you're kind of speaking through water. So mm-hmm. you say something and you think you're being really clear about it, and then the person doesn't maybe hear exactly what you. Because it's creating this like, you know, stuff. It has to move through. It's all slow. So that's Mercury retrograde. Um, so Venus does not go retrograde very often. Venus really only goes retrograde like maybe every two and a half years, three years. Um, and I noticed this. Um, I'm getting back into Jesus. I had kind of a a couple years ago. I might have even been. Was it the last? It might have been the last Venus retrograde. Um, it was in direct alignment with lent and easter and venus goes retrograde for 40 days Mm. and i thought hmm that's really interesting um so i I looked into that and venus has has um eight year cycles and the way that she moves in the sky the pattern that, that she follows is it makes a five pointed star in the sky so like a pentagram and Venus is both the evening star and the morning star depending on what point it is at in its cycle um, so back way back with the ancients they um, they referred to Venus as Lucifer which is the Latin name for light bringer because Venus would dip into the underworld you know and become like the evening star and then and then be risen back based on the pentagram like the pattern that that it's making in the sky so the light bringer, Lucifer the devil Jesus is in the desert for 40 days which is why we celebrate Lent right resisting temptation Um, so Venus can also rule what you have to sacrifice for the things you value would be venus retrograde territory so it's it's a reval like how mercury is taking a look at how we communicate so it's going to create situations where we're miscommunicating so that we can stop and think about how we want to change that venus is going to stop us in our tracks and have us think about what how what we will sacrifice for the things that we value
0: so are we Um, in a venus retrograde right now we will be be. in May.
1: Um, so the last time it coincided with, with Lent. So I just thought that was really interesting. So I'm like, Jesus is in the, de- in the desert for 40 days, the same amount of time as a Venus retrograde, they, with the devil, they used to call Venus Lucifer, the light bringer. It's, I was like, that is really pretty interesting. <laughs> so I kind of got, I started on this path kind of like back then with sort of like combing the Bible for sort of astrological symbolism. Um. But another thing that happened, and this is coming back to, I'll get back to Venus and the age of Aquarius, is um, I went back to the birth of of Christ um, at the beginning of the age of Pisces. And I found, it says, um, and there appeared a great wonder in heaven, a woman clothed with the sun and the moon under her feet and upon her head, a crown of 12 stars. And I thought, okay, well, Virgo, the constellation Virgo, is um, is the virgin. It's depicted as, as the virgin. It's like a maiden holding like a wheat, like in a, in a wheat field. And before, like the way that we think about, um, when we think virgin, like the modern day usage of the word virgin typically means like, sexually inexperienced or chased right Mm -hmm. um but back then it meant like whole unto herself
0: wow i didn't know that
1: yeah it just had a different it had a different meaning that sure Um, changes things huh what's that that sure changes things doesn't it like like something like something like whole unto herself like to be able to create life like Mm. on your That's virgin. So the virgin mother, she was a virgin. The virgin had Christ. Um, I'm like, uh, okay. So the constellation Virgo, the virgin. um, Bethlehem actually means the house of rising bread. Mm. And there's the virgin in the wheat field making her bread. Mm. Um, And um, a woman clothed in the sun I wish I could. Maybe, maybe I'll send you. Would you be able to maybe like put in like a picture in the middle of this for people to look at? I maybe
0: could not. do that in the video, but I can't do it in either the. Um. No, not in the podcast. Okay.
1: Well, okay. Whoever's listening, I could put know, a
0: link if if it's. I'll
1: somewhere. send you a link. It, okay. it just it might help to have a visual, but um, I should have been more prepared. Maybe. But uh, the, the um, the woman closed in the sun. Like so the. If we have a constellation Virgo here, then then the constellation of Libra is next to it. Libra is the is the scales, so that's yeah. like justice and harmony. These things it would represent. So the sun, the sun is not actually um, moving, but but the way that it appears to be moving, um, it would have been clothing the constellation of Virgo, a woman in the sky
2: mm. in. The sky
1: moving literally down the legs, between the legs of mm. the bird. Let's think about that. The sun, like the sun, S-O-N, yeah, yeah. or the sun in the sky, S-U-N. It, it would be coming like out her legs, like being delivered, like into the, into the, the constellation of Libra. Mm-hmm. The moon at her feet, that's kind of where I hit like a wa- – uh, or sorry, um, not that part – Moon at her feet would imply, if Virgo's here and Libra's here, the moon's here. It would imply that it was it was a new moon in Libra. Mm. That's where it would have been, like a position in this in the sky, and uh, the crown over her head, crown of twelve stars. um, That's where I kind of hit a wall because I was like, well, I don't know, because I was thinking like planet planet. I was like, that wouldn't really make sense. But I forgot that Jupiter has. Jupiter has 12 moons and Ah. Jupiter and Jupiter is referred to like back then, especially like it was a very regal planet. Jupiter represents all great, good things, like getting more of what you want. Mm -hmm. Um, So it it was a regal planet and was considered to be like the King. So the crown of 12 moons, like this kind of thing. And I'm like, wow, that's really interesting. So we think like traditionally, you know, historically that Jesus was born in December, I think, after looking at this, that he was born on the fall equinox. That would be indicative of the fall equinox. Where? where oh,
0: okay.
1: The, I mean, Libra, the fall equinox falls um, in Libra. It's funny
0: the, the Mormons, I think, talk about him being born in the summer or something like that.
1: Interesting. Um, Isn't it interesting how everybody thinks? But um, this is my – that's how I – that's how the – the filter that i yeah, the filter this is going through that's that's how i kind of am seeing it and you now this is when it gets really interesting so i mean if i don't have the proper software but somebody could an astronomer i'm sure has could plug that information like when was mm, jupiter mm. at the head of virgo at the constellation mm. of virgo and when was the moon new in libra
2: mm. what
1: was that date you would be able to find it because Jupiter only Jupiter takes like 12 years to go mm. around. So that's kind of a rare, like when the moon was new and Jupiter would be there, it, it's not yeah. happening every day. Yeah. So I'm sure like somebody would be able to, to, so like that technically like that's the start of the age of, of Pisces or whatever is that that birth. So, and then we can go back to thinking that, that the birth of Christ is not a man. The birth of Christ is a consciousness. Yeah. It becomes available to embody. So at the beginning of that age, with those astrological placements, that consciousness was delivered unto us, you know, to like embody or to experience. And if Jesus really was a person that walked the earth, um, he was the manifestation. It, that energy was moving through him so that he could teach it. And Libra represents like it is the it's equality, it's the scales, so it's the balance of light and dark.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: It's it, like the equinox. So that is ultimately what jesus was teaching (laughs) Mm -hmm. you know like um and it's it's harmony Mm -hmm. and the easter is measured by the first full moon after the vernal equinox in the springtime that's why easter changes every year because it's measured Mm -hmm. by the placement of the moon so the moon reaches its full expression six months later so a new moon in libra in september would coincide with a full moon in Libra in April. Hmm. That's the completion of that lunar cycle's expression is within those six months. So for instance, if you're doing, if you're using astrology, if you're using this energy to time things by the moon, what you start on a new moon in a sign like, or in Libra will reach like it's, full expression or a fuller expression, not until six months later. Mm. And when you start like becoming attuned with what that's doing and what you're doing, you can kind of see your own cycles and your own patterns and how like your stuff is sort of manifesting in that way. And that's really interesting too. But I thought I thought that was really interesting because it's it's if Easter is on the Libra full moon and Jesus is talking about like rising and we rise on Easter, it's Mm -hmm. it's and all of this is going on right now. And Saturn is moving into Aquarius and all this crazy stuff is happening and everything's dissolving. Next week is Easter. And next Mm -hmm. week is the Libra um, full moon. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, so convinced. I'm like, this is the beginning. Like we are really at the gateway to this Mm -hmm. new age. Like this is, this is the test. It just makes it's, it's to me, it's like, maybe like this energy is available to us now, like in this lunar cycle, like jump on the the train kind of thing. Like we have to, like we have to, and it took two thousand years to <laughs> like reach its like full availability or whatever. And like we had to prepare our systems. and And I, that really like framing it in that way for myself was really helpful because I, I'm just like, wow, like that's that's pretty cool, and it make, it makes a whole lot more sense. And going back to like the whole. So the cult mentality, this is a theme now, like, that is very Piscean theme. You know, it's the whole master follower. It's that whole idea. And, um, oh, I kind of lost my train of thought again. Um, Yeah, well, that would be – Oh, the Catholic Church. So that's another Mm -hmm. one, like, that is another – it's just people, a few people have some ideas that seem to work or seem to resonate with the masses. And it turns, it turns from a democracy or from people sharing into we're the leaders and this is how it's going to be. Yeah. And, um, and that was the negative expression of that age of, of Pisces. And it's a shame. And, and that, that's, that's a, a symptom of all this what happens when you can't align with yourself with your own guidance is that things are just going to get all, you know, whatever. And we have to really be careful and watch for that. Um, so Venus now, um, another, so we're in kind of the thick of this Jupiter, um, Pluto transit now and fast forward to next month and Another major thing, major shift that's going to happen that we can kind of wrap our heads around is the north node of the moon, which represents um, where you are kind of going. It's like the lessons that you have to learn in this incarnation, Um, as opposed to the south node, which is where you're comfortable. So Mm -hmm. the qualities of wherever your south node placement are are things that you've kind of done already. You've mastered them. You're comfortable sitting in that space. But you have to evolve those qualities and bring them up into the north node, which is out of your comfort zone Mm because it's what it's it's working on now. So the north node for the last two and a half years has been in um, cancer. With The south node in Capricorn. So that's the masculine feminine polarity in astrology. Cancer is the mother. Capricorn is the father. Mm -hmm. Um, So the Capricorn energy is very masculine, very linear, very like, you know, um, get ahead, science, one, two, three, four, five, like this kind of thing. Um, capitalism, what's going on? Like all of it. Mm-hmm. And cancer is is the mother. It's it's the the those the nurturing qualities. It's um it's the difference between how a strict father would discipline and how a mother would discipline. Mm-hmm. And we as humanity have mastered the Capricorn qualities, those those Staph no qualities. So for the last couple of years, we've been asked to come back into the mother. Mm to find that those qualities within ourselves to start to nurture each other within the collective. Um, we're moving out of that now. Um, we're moving into, uh, Gemini on May 5th. So that's like the whole, like the collective zeitgeist and we're moving, um, Gemini rules, information and belief systems like that kind of thing. And we're moving into, um, into an air sign, so I'm looking. I think this would really be quite poetic too. As if um, May fifth, you know, is Cinco de Mayo, like Mexican beer, like coronas. Oh, so I'm like, hilarious. I'm interested to see. I mean, it would just be really funny. If, like, <laughs> I know that that that's going to be a big a big shift in the collective in ideas and how we kind of exchange. Mm-hmm. I think, where information becomes valuable, I'm, I'm curious to see what kind of shifts in this process of finding something that um, treats the symptoms of this or, um, you know, a vaccination, like I would just be mm. interested to see how that flips, like in the collective zeitgeist, like how we're dealing with the information that is coming in about the virus. Oh. Um, Around that same time, so Venus is going to go retrograde. So that's what I would, what I was talking about before. And Venus okay. is also retrograde in Gemini. So and Venus actually moved into Gemini um, yesterday, and she's going to stay there now until the end of the retrograde. So it's Gemini would represent like in, information, communication, um, the exchange of information and in communication, like what Mercury does. Mercury rules Gemini. Um, uh, I'm ruled by Gemini. My moon is in Gemini. So my thoughts move very quickly and I can't can't catch up with myself. Um, So Venus in Gemini is going to ask us in retrograde to reevaluate how, what value we place on information. Exactly what you were saying. Mm
0: -hmm. Like to take
1: things at face value. Like that person said, this is information. So I'm just going to repeat it. It's asking us, it's asking us to stop it. (laughs) Like to, 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 to really find where the value is in the information that we are being given.
0: Mm.
1: So those are two things to, to watch for too. So it's really just this.
0: That's a beautiful, beautiful that's beautiful. a
1: beautiful way
0: to close this. Yeah. I, I thank you so much, Andy, for all of your insights on astrology. And it sounds like we could do a whole other one. So let's do that again. Um, soon. You don't have to pay me a deposit for the next one. <laughs> um, do you want to share with people how they can connect with you, find out more info about all this?
1: Yeah, I am. I am definitely going to start to to write and talk about this more. So please uh, tune in to andyflax.com if the internet cool. still works. <laughs> <laughs> and if it doesn't, I'll contact you. With my, uh, with my internet in mind.
0: That's right. She is Google. You are Google. (laughs) Google. We're all Google. All right. Thank you so much. Thank you. uh, Nice seeing you and, um, be well. Okay. Yeah. Bye.
1: Professor Saturn, you have circled and returned. In theory,
0: I have cheated on every lesson I have learned. Oh, Professor Saturn, must I serve the detention you bring? My recording is broken.
1: Cause in the shadow of doubt, what is in is without.